0: The pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's has thing. His game, his whole career. By looking at him smiling, we go, My bad. Bad. <laughs> the long two. Bad. Bad. <laughs> bad. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach and we are a Carmelo Anthony podcast that occasionally talks fantasy basketball. Natty, how you doing today? What's up, Pete? Howdy. How you doing? I am good. I am good. I feel like we should. I don't know if you have this specifically somewhere in your notes for today's show, but I figure I don't. And I figure as a Carmelo Anthony podcast, we should probably start by giving the man some credit for becoming the 12th highest scorer in NBA history uh, this this week. So shout out to the, to, I mean, the goat, we all know it's true. (laughs) If we all looked into our hearts, we'd realize that Carmelo Anthony is indeed the greatest basketball player of all time. uh, And now is currently the 12th highest scorer in NBA history on a very saucy, a very Carmelo uh, spinning fadeaway uh, two pointer.
1: It's averaging 12 and a half points this year. Um, You know, Portland is as Portland does, but it's yeah. awesome that Mello's still in the league. It still seems so strange that he missed a year. It really does. But, but
0: you know what? Maybe that's going to ultimately benefit him the most because he'll we'll maybe get a couple more years out of him now. Hey, sure. Totally. I mean, there's hardly
1: anybody left in Portland, so it, <laughs> was, it ended up being an incredibly good... Oh my god! Signing.
0: Such such a good move for Portland because because yes, he is he is. They need bodies there. They need bodies who can play basketball. And like we said, there's no no one in NBA history who's better than Carmelo Anthony. They as soon as he retires, they should just stop the league, right? They're yeah. stop the sport. Just have well, basketball a, is over. Then I mean, what's the I point agree. of playing?
1: Unless he wants feel to like,
0: coach, I feel like he's on top. He has to be like towards the top of the list of most. I don't know if underrated is the right word, but like underappreciated maybe in are just like, I feel like there is a generation of young basketball fans who have only known later Knicks and then the rest of the later part of, of Mello's career. And don't understand like the, the Denver Nuggets, Carmelo Anthony was just a a basketball joy. Yeah. um, I mean, not for him. He demanded
1: to leave even after Chauncey,
0: but he played good basketball,
1: Natty. Sure. He is going to be his decision to go to the Knicks and to force their hand and give up all of those assets in a trade rather than just waiting to get signed um, is going to be the thing that filter that that's the lens that everyone will see his career through because the Knicks ended up not doing anything. And uh, he weakened the team by going there earlier than he needed to, but you know, whatever, get the fuck out of Dodge and get to the garden. Um, Mello has had three different, maybe four different careers. Really? It seems like the New York two okc trade started a third age and now he's in his fourth um he's a delightful player i think people really hated on him for a while and now they've come back around and, uh, and they're like oh yeah he's so good hall of famer but they disregard the empty stats and the decisions that he made i mean he
0: He could have had a complete other trajectory. He could have stayed in Denver. He could have. He could have. He could have done a lot of things. But he is, I mean, he is a Hall of Famer. Like, you can't tell the story of the, you know, 2000s without mentioning Carmelo Anthony. One of the best scorers ever. Just a natural. Like, he's sort of the
1: dude that was the, the, you know, just the the natural scorer in the mm. nba before durant and then yep. durant is at maybe the most natural scorer
0: yeah um yeah. well it's second to tatum sure sure hard agree <laughs> you're totally right i apologize <laughs> thank I'm you i'm sorry thank about you. that i just i just feel like tatum is is uh you know needs needs some more respect he's being under underappreciated Um well you know he's seven years old
1: so right, maybe right. in a couple of months people will be like you know what tatum's a hall of famer
0: Right. You know, maybe when he turns 21, uh, he'll uh, he will he'll be the Hall of Famer that we all know and love. All right. Let's start the show. Let's start talking. Let's start with our biggest takeaways for the previous week, as we always do, where we each share one thing we loved and hated from the previous week. Natty, what did you love this past week? I loved the king. I loved me some LeBron.
1: First of all, fuck the all star game. Right on. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll get to that. He is just sensational. The Lakers are 20 and six. They look like the best team in the NBA. Um, he they're on a six game game win streak. The last three games have all had overtimes, all of them. including a double overtime versus Detroit. So over the last three games, they've had four extra quarters of play another whole game. Well, so basically,
0: Uh, if 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 the Detroit Pistons were able to take the best team in the NBA to a double overtime, does that not make them the second best team in the NBA? Or the luckiest team that (laughs) night? Either one is fine with me. You'll accept either. Cool. cool. The
1: problem, though, is that when LeBron beats you in overtime and you're a Pistons fan, there's a lot of bad memories that come back, even though he's wearing a different uniform. Uh, But LeBron, he's averaging his most threes. His most three-point attempts of his career, 6.9, and sinking him at 39.4%. Averaging he's, his most made threes, too. Yeah. He is so the last time he, he's only shot four better than 40% from three once, and that was 2012-13 in Miami, but that was on half as many attempts. Uh he he's doing everything. They their losses are to the Clippers, the Blazers, the Spurs, the Warriors, the Sixers, and the Pistons. <laughs> But, you know, if you care like he LeBron's top 10 in defensive real plus minus miles, he's uh, LeBron James is ninth. Miles Turner is 10th. And people are talking about Miles Turner for defensive player of the year. LeBron's just. Doing his regular thing, which is that every year his game kind of changes and he chooses how to accentuate his game. Some things, you know, recede. He's dishing dimes you know he doesn't need to do as much on offense anymore but that team is a real fucking for real juggernaut he's not taking it easy it seems like he wants mvp it seems like there's really no one who could stop him from doing that if they continue being this good the lakers this year seem like apex cleveland apex miami they they just seem incredible and it's just lebron he's doing the same thing that he always does which is be the best player in the league and the smartest
0: yeah and it's i i agree with you on your points about lebron and that you that it's nice that you talked about him because i feel like <laughs> in a weird year like this where you have players like kevin durant and i have lots to say about kevin durant uh but you have COVID rearing its ugly head when it comes to a lot of players and just players getting injured the whole nine yards that like, it is, I feel like it's important to take, take time to be like, recognize the fact that, Hey, look, uh, we don't need to talk about like the fringe players who are having good games all the time. Like we can talk about the fact that LeBron James, who everyone knows is one of the best basketball players in the history of the sport in the history of existence. Uh, And who single-handedly is going to pull another Michael Jordan and help save the world from aliens coming this summer. It's like, he's still doing it. He's still doing it at 36 years old and playing all 26 games and averaging 34 minutes a game. Like the man doesn't age the man is still doing it the same level of appreciation that you are giving the fact that tom brady just won his 7th super bowl on a different team at the age of 43 like like we are watching two players uh in two different sports showing that like age is just be- if you treat your if you do it right and, and you're consci- conscious about your body from like a a young po- point that uh that like age is just not a factor and that we are going to have to start changing our expectations for like older players yeah maybe or maybe it's just that he's lebron maybe right maybe we're just watching two of like the craziest freakish body types and even though i don't necessarily uh would say that tom brady's body looks anything like lebron james but clearly he's doing something right to uh to have lasted this long dude lebron's averaging the most minutes per game on the lakers
1: he's The oldest dude on the Lakers, I think, or at least, oh, he and Marcus Big Spain are uh, both 36. So they're the two. But that's your your thing right
0: right, there. He's 36 too. And he looks like a 36 year old. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And he's averaging 19 minutes and LeBron's averaging 35,
0: right? LeBron looks like he's still like in his early thirties. He looks like he's back in Miami or Cleveland. It's, it is ridiculous. It is utterly, uh, utterly absurd. Um, My love for this week is Darren Fox taking the Kings by Mm. the cojones and leading them to a one in seven record over the last eight games. He has, I mean, for the month of February, uh, Darren Fox averaging 31.6 points, Nine assists, shooting 52% from the field and 36% from three. But I've watched two of their games uh, this month, and it's just the thing that like all that gets me, and it's the same thing when I was watching the Celtics jazz game about Don Mitch. The both of them, they're burst. Just see, is just, it's it's mind blowing to me. They can be standing at a dead standstill, like the three point line, just dribbling. And then suddenly they're in the paint, scoring or drawing a foul. Like both of those guys just can accelerate on a dime instantly, uh, get wherever they want on the field. And things are just clicking for this Kings team, finally. Like there's so much talent on this team and they're starting to make the right roster decisions. Like Rashawn Holmes is now finally starting. De'Aaron Fox is, the things are clicking with him uh Tyrese Halliburton, that like pick was He's just incredible phenomenal exactly what they needed um so this team is exciting like i am excited to see uh to see this team that has often languished in uh both obscurity and stupidity uh kind of things start clicking though part of me does hate seeing the kings put it together because uh another dude who's balling out for the kings harrison barnes low-key would love the celtics to uh to make a move for him, but the kings oh, aren't gonna sell if They're doing well here. No way. 16 points, six rebounds, three and a half assists, 41% from three Harrison Barnes. I'm I'm Ever? not I'm not hating on boring Harry, but like
1: if you guys are going to trade for a player, especially a big money one, you should fucking make it count. Like oh, get yes. a big bo- well, What is that? Let's get another dude on the wing. <laughs> Let's just get all of them. Fine. Yeah, you know.
0: Every Maybe Kemba should play. start
1: hitting his threes. Maybe that. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't worry. We'll we'll talk about Kemba. Anyway, Sacramento is seven and three over their last ten. They're finally at five hundred. They're a game out of the eighth seed. So right now, they're in the playoff play-in game. If it happened today.
0: Which is Along also just Memphis. like, I and mean, I'm happy. Miss it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm ha- like, I would love for the Kings to like actually make it into the playoffs. That would be great fun. Uh, but Jesus Christ, a Kings Memphis play in game. Yeah, sign me the fuck up for that, especially if everyone's healthy, especially if everyone's healthy, this deer Fox against John ja Morant. Yes.
1: It would
0: I be mean, beautiful. Sacramento every time they
1: do something correct they do so it's not even just one thing that
0: they do wrong they just fire <laughs> blindly into the air like it's I mean, it, it's it does feel like there's a, like the inevitability is about to come and something terrible is about to happen to this team like i don't respect this
1: franchise one little bit <laughs> one little bit yeah. and every time they make a decision like, I, I full-on am not going to give them credit for Halliburton. Like, I think they just fell into that pick. He was there. They, I don't think they thought about it too much. He's great. Um, and they're lucky to have him. Totally. But you could have made the argument that it's like, well, you know, Buddy Heald's still here, so is he getting crowded out? Like, why do we have this guy? If we send him back to the bench, is he going to have another fucking hissy fit? Um, the Bogdan Bogdanovich thing,
0: But it kind of worked out for them because I don't think he would have helped. Like he would have. Right. But the result should
1: to prejudice you against the process. Like there's. Sure. When you make lots of moves, some of them might turn out to be okay, (laughs) but they just keep giving up advantages, but whatever Luke Walton somehow brought the team together. Rashawn Holmes is better than Marvin Bagley. Maybe the Pistons should try to trade for Marvin Bagley. Just putting that out there. Someone should if he's not really going to get. You well, know, as can, I you is, can I ask you this question?
0: Can I ask you this question before we get to your hate? Of course. Who would you Who would you rather have if you had the opportunity to start your franchise with either of these two players? Who would you rather have, Marvin Bagley Jr. or Luka Doncic? Not that Um, this was a question that the Kings had to answer themselves, hmm, but I'm just asking. I know. I know.
1: It might be a wash, right? Because they're both good at different things. They're both (laughs)
0: good at, yep, yep. Definitely, definitely drafting Marvin Bagley Jr. over Luka Doncic. At least the Trey Young thing, like Trey Young is uh, a number two on a championship team, maybe, Maybe. right? But like, that's, what is Marvin Bagley Jr.? a number two. We on don't a- know or- yet
1: because the fucking Kings won't give us a chance to find out. Like, yes, there have been injuries and the rosters tumultuous and <laughs> excuse me. Does Luke Walton know what he's doing? Does the franchise know what they're doing?
0: Does Why is buddy
1: doing? healed still there? I think it's just because the owner loves him so much and wants yeah. to be right that he's Steph Curry 2.0, even though there's a thousand Steph Curry 2.0s in the pipeline and People in the league now. So right. Everyone's shooting threes. It's whatever. De'Aaron Fox is fucking lightning. Halliburton is awesome. Love Boring it. Harry is there. There are players on this team that I like, and it would be nice to see the Kings do well because they've been so ass, butt for so, so long. Agreed. Agreed. And they can make trades. Like I yes. obviously, I don't trust yeah.
0: them to do it properly, but like they could do it. It could it could happen. Uh Natty, what'd you hate this week?
1: I hated how we're talking about Westbrook and the Wizards.
0: Mmm. Tell so me more.
1: Last night, Stat Muse, which is great, great Twitter follow. Uh, they sent out a stat saying the Washington Wizards are four and three without mm. Westbrook, and they're mm. two and thirteen with him. Now, That scoreboard numbers. Like, yeah, just look at that shit. Like, has to mean something because it happened. So if that's all that it means, just that it happened, it still means that. However, here are the Wizards' wins. They've beaten the Timberwolves, the Suns, the Heat, and the Bulls. They've beaten the Nets twice. Those are Westbrook's wins. No Wizard who plays 17-plus minutes per game has a 37 three-point percentage in the year of 2021, which is basically like league average. On the season, there are 132 NBA players who play at least 17 minutes per game and do have a 37-plus three-point percentage. There are 76 who average 17 minutes per game and shoot four times, four threes per game. These dudes are out there. On the season, Thomas Bryan, who's injured, was the Wizards' best three point shooter, 42.9% on two plus attempts per game. Right now, it's Demi Avdija, who's at 38%, and Raul Nito, who's at 377 Both of them are shooting over. The Wizards' points.
0: roster just sounds like
1: created 2K players. Dude, my man, Davis Bertans, who we both. Fell in love, love with on yep. the Spurs, the Laffian Laser, one of the Wizards' big offseason acquisitions. He's shooting threes worse than Lonzo. Ugh. Now, Lonzo's not as bad as you think. He's at 37.4 on the season. He's been X. shooting better. Seven plus attempts. Oh, he's fired right now, for sure. Uh, Just in time to get his trade value through the roof. I mean, they should keep him. They should absolutely keep him. So I'll say. Let's see but, so All right, some continue. Of your other shit. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Here are some things that the Washington Wizards, as a team, are bottom 10 in. They are bottom 10 in the NBA, and remember, this is the whole Wizards team. It's not just Sergeant Russell Westbrook, who we all like to hate on right now. They're bottom 10 in three-point percentage, in rebounds per game, in blocks per game, in steals per game. In blocks per game, they're tied for last with Miami. They're the only two teams who average under four blocks per game anyway. The Wizards are bottom 10 in free-throw percentage, but they're second in free-throw attempts.
0: They're second.
1: (laughs) Oh, Wizards.
0: They are, but it's
1: it's worse than that. Okay, so you get free-throws by drives, right? Most of the time. The Wizards are bottom 10 in field goal percentage on drives. They're missing the layups, and then they're missing the fucking free-throws, and they're taking a lot of them, uh they're second to last in defensive rating. They are last in opponents three point percentage, meaning that opponents, the teams they play,
0: what are shoot they shooting threes
1: best against the Wizards? 39.9% oh from three. Kawhi, just to put that in context, so 39.9 are what opponents are shooting against the Wizards from three. Kawhi Leonard has a 40.2 three point percentage of the season. It's just a team of kawaiis from outside when you play the Wizards. (laughs) Now, again, this is a team that is a step away from being a tanking team on purpose i mean they're one right. of the worst teams in the three teams only have six wins it's wizards pistons and t-wolves so that's how bad they are Rihachimura on the wizards he's 23 years old he's fourth in total minutes on the team denny abdija is 20 years old he's fifth in total minutes and thomas bryant their starting center before he got injured was 23 years old like this is a team that is super young, aside from Westbrook, and now aside from Robin Lopez, some of this sort of makes sense when you just step away from it and sort of block out Westbrook's name. You're like, oh yeah, well you know they have a bunch of forwards that aren't really supposed to be able to be good perimeter scores. Like mm-hmm. the Latvian laser is supposed to be one, but he can't defend. And he you know started the season slow. He's heating up a little bit, but you know Bradley Beal's taking all these. Two- like the team just sucks. The team is super fucking mediocre, but that sort of makes sense because of how many of the players are young. And then you look at what John Wall's doing in Houston and you're like, well, even if he's missing games, that's still better than what Westbrook's doing here. So the front office has somehow like gotten Westbrook to be the blame even though this is the team that the front office constructed like this. Mm -hmm. They're not losing all these games because of Westbrook. They're losing all these games because of the roster. Like if, if you put John Wall there, it's not like they'd have 10 more wins. Maybe, you know, maybe they'd have 10 wins, but the it's everybody else. They can't fucking defend. They can't shoot. It sucks. That team sucks. And I had <laughs> high hopes for them. I still feel like they could turn it around if they wanted that to.
0: Maddie is, like, personally offended by this team. Well, because the laser
1: was supposed to be the thing that yes, opened the up laser the door for Westbrook, great. right? Yep. And yep. he's been a disappointment so far. Now, things were, you know, there are reasons for that. But when your backups are two NBA babies, Riha doesn't have an outside shot. You know, they're still developing. Denny Optish has been fine. Um, this is like Ish Smith is on this team and they've needed him, you know, like there's Alex Len has been playing for them because they need him. This team, if they hadn't traded for Westbrook, I feel like we'd think about this team a lot differently, you know, like, Oh, they're a year away.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, I'm when Westbrook eventually retires, I'm going to need a 30 for 30 on just like, where this like visceral hatred for him came from
1: because since the nba changed the free throw rule which meant that westbrook had to change how he shot free throws he used to just walk to midcourt go to the logo and then walk back in between shots can't do that anymore since then his free throws have like precipitously gone off his ratios are terrible he's what is he shooting he's All right. He's averaging 19 points while shooting 41% from the floor. Yikes. Not great. 66% from Mm. the free throw line. Again, the wizards are second in free throw attempts (laughs) per game.
0: They can't do
1: anything right. Um, I, you know, I don't hate Scott Brooks, but like, if you, it it doesn't look like anyone's really getting better or playing well. Um, and I, I don't really think I like the new front office either. So whatever, it's seeming more and more like this is a lost season for the Wizards. But the reason that sucks is that what if they are just one year away? Yeah. And And Beal, you know, like if you trade him and then you're suddenly good, you're going to hate yourself. So, or not suddenly good, but like you, you look better. You can contend. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I don't know. This is, this is really tough, but I just wanted to say that I hate blaming Westbrook for all of this, because when you look at the rest of the roster and you actually watch their games, you, you, you suddenly understand why they only have six wins. Uh,
0: Yeah. A good, a good hate for the week. My hate for this week. I have beef with the entire NBA natty. It's been that what happened, bro. I know. I know. It's been kind of building this week. Hasn't been great. Uh, First off, the whole how they handled covid with kd was he played he started the game and then they benched him and then they got rid of him halfway through uh and now is out for a couple days because he was in a car with someone who tested positive but he tested negative multiple times and it's all out of like this abundance of caution which is really just like they're covering their own ass but it, it, th- that whole handling is wrong. The all-star game is happening, which is just a giant money grab. And LeBron has basically said it as such. So it has like all of the top, like the top five players in the league are all just like, this is dumb. Why are we doing this? Uh, so that's not great. And then cherry on top, Mark Cuban not playing the national anthem for the entire season that comes out. And then the NBA doesn't notice this until it comes out. And then they were like, Oh, uh, you should actually be doing that. Uh, because, you know, fake patriotism is really profitable. So we're going to make a rule that now you have to play the national anthem before every game. I just think there's no there's, fucking fans. There's no fucking fans. And there is just the NBA. And I I will say I have played into this, certainly on this podcast before, where I will be like, man, the NBA is just a great league. It's just a, It's just so much better when you compare it to like the NFL. But that's also comparing like, you know, a B student to a failing student, like the B yeah. student could still improve. And so like there are times when the NBA acts very holier than now, uh, but you have to always remember that the bottom line, it is, they are, they want to make money and, and they have still, there are still fundamental things that they just can't break through, despite the fact that they are one of the more progressive professional sports leagues. So I just have, some residual beef, residual beef for the with the NBA after this week. I think that's fair, man. Like the national anthem thing is craven,
1: and who gives a fuck? It's so but dumb. There's no fan. It, that really, or you know, there's a handful of fans who cares.
0: Who it's, it's fucking so? Cares? It's so
1: dumb. It's so dumb. The fact that like, do yes. you sing that song before you go to work every day?
0: Do you sing? Do you sing and the national you did, anthem you before did. you leave your house? If you did, you know what you would you know what you would call that? You'd be like, that is a dictatorship. Like if you looked, if any other country was like, you have to play the national anthem before you go to work, and have to play it at every sporting event, you have to play it, blah, blah, blah. You know what America, America would be like? Mm, that seems like uh, you know, a, a repressive regime. But no, we it's patriotic here. It's patriotic to listen to the national anthem before watching sports. The all-star game
1: point is well taken however i think that it was more mismanaged rather than just a bad idea in general like i think you could have an all-star weekend without players playing you could do 2k which you love you could have yes. yes uh done like hey whichever teams have we could have you could have done like a young stars a rising stars tournament um or you know, done something with the G league or or like they're talking every about team dunk that contest. didn't make the bubble. You can they're play about, in these two exhibition games,
0: right? They're talking about the dunk contest and three point, like those, <sighs> you're not having bodies hitting each other, you know, like that's something yeah, where everyone's isolated. Great. Exactly. Do that. The 2k thing is a great idea. The NFL did that for their pro bowl where they had players basically you know, Twitch stream playing Madden. I'm sure like that would, that's there are things that could have done instead of that. Um, and so, so anyways, just, you know, yeah, NFL, the NBA, really NBA getting brought down a couple notches uh this week. And so, you know, it's, it's good to have it. Good to have a, a, a harsh confrontation, confronting with reality. And that's important sometimes. I just want to say for the KD
1: thing though. Yeah. If I was Adam Silver, if I was the commissioner, I would act with caution with him too. I'd be like, no, 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 no. We can't. This is Brooklyn. It's a trio now. Like, we want it to be him versus LeBron in the finals. Sure. I'll surround him with fucking soldiers from the future in (laughs) mech suits with flamethrowers and lightsabers if I have to. Uh, You know, I really just don't feel like they would have handled it that way with a player of lower stature. I think they would have just been pulled and it wouldn't have been a big okay. deal at all. And yeah. but you know, it's Kevin Durant. Like it's hard to pull LeBron, you know? Like there's there are some guys who seem bigger than the game and when they say they're not going out or, you know, like check again, you sort of have to do that. Yeah. So, I, you know, abundance of caution with the faces of my league, I I am for, especially since that dude has been injured. Like we COVID is serious. We can't take it lightly. We must protect kevin durant at all costs it has to be him versus Giannis in the conference finals and him versus lebron in the finals that is what will save
0: us wow wow more shade being thrown at the celtics i mean i don't want to hear it, okay. okay we're okay. moving on i don't want to hear your pitiful excuse for your freudian slip uh all right now it's time for the sean wesley Favorite stat line of the week, named in honor of Wizards, great Jan Wesley, who back in 2013 posted a stat line of four points, two rebounds, and six fouls and eight minutes of play. <laughs> Maddie, what was your favorite stat line of the week? My fave
1: is TJ McConnell, who T.J. last T.J. Friday, McConnell. this motherfucker who <laughs> I'm falling harder and harder in love with, and he used to be Joel Embiid's best friend, I guess, in Philadelphia. Really? Anyway, oh like God, Embiid I was upset
0: it. that they didn't keep him.
1: Are we going to have the
0: debate that the Phillies should have traded Ben Simmons before they traded TJ McConnell? It's, it's a nice sort of handcuff to
1: have, I think with Simmons and McConnell, just because of, of this actually in 28 minutes off the bench last Friday against the Pelicans, TJ McConnell scored nine points, grabbed two rebounds, two steals and 15 assists. That's one five. One five assists
0: only TJ and Draymond
1: Green have had games this season with 15 plus assists in under 30 minutes. Only Trey Young, Kyle Lowry, James Harden, Luka Doncic, Chris Paul, Joker, Westbrook, Draymond, and TJ have had games with 15 or more assists this season. TJ McConnell is 26% rostered, y'all. Go pick that dude up because <laughs> the steals and the dimes are worth the fucking roster spot. That
0: was just, that was Fifth. 15 minutes and under 30. Come on. Or 15 dimes Assisted under, under 30 minutes. Incredible. That is very, very worthy of this segment. Uh, Natty, can you guess, we talked about him earlier. Can you guess what Kemba Walker shot from the field in the last two games for the Celtics? Grand total. Hmm. Uh, one for 23. Close. Six for 32. Oh, yes. wow. Not great. Not great. Uh, I love Kemba, and I don't know if his knee is still bugging him, but, uh, or if things have just, like, drastically changed, but damn, I, I don't know what, to, I don't know what to do with him in terms of, in my mind. I am sadly starting to include him in every trade I can think of uh yeah. and and trying to figure out how to get his it's just and i've talked you about like this go with, on the trade machine you're like yeah, oh you're well, damn what right what about terry
1: rozier's contract uh, that like fit back in here what's what's up with that
0: that was a good dig you got me <laughs> <laughs> that was sad um my most recent kick i mean obviously the free vooch movement getting him into boston yeah. would be, oh, oh my delicious God. Absolutely. My new, my new one also and they're playing tonight uh is uh, the Kemba Lowry swap?
1: Yeah, I Who don't know why. No, well,
0: but why would the Raptors do that? I don't know, because the Raptors want <laughs> right. to rebuild like a motherfucker. But <laughs>
1: their, their front office is too good at their job. I mean, I know they're too smart. Kyle Lowry is. Uh, I think is a dude that deserves to stay if he wants to. So yeah. I feel like you have to ask him before he gets traded, but Kyle Lowry in green would be mm. him and Marcus very Smart nice.
0: together. Very, very, tell very me, nice. Tell me how you score on this. Tell me how you score on Kyle Lowry, Marcus, Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum and time Lord, Bob Williams, dude. Maybe it's
1: not a bad idea to have someone who's actually won something on your oh. team. Wow, you know, or on your coaching staff, because like is
0: this, fucking take digs at Pete and podcast. Jesus. I'm
1: just saying, dude, like there's there are voids in this team up front and out back. Yeah. And like, I don't think they're yeah. going to win this year. But if they made a trade like for Vooch and Kemba got Ooh. healthy, th- then Ooh. that should be considered a deep, solid team.
0: With aspirations Vooch for makes me, a championship, the thought of Vooch makes me so happy. But I do want to like Kemba. I would love for Kemba to stay for stay with the Celtics, and I would love for him to like things to click. The issue has just become is that he has become a streaky scorer now, which is fine if you're like the fourth option on a team, right? If it is, yeah. if it is Tatum, Brown, and someone like Vooch, like if that is, then you have Kemba as that fourth option. Great that's fine you can be a streaky shooter like that but when the weird covid time where you're having like brown has missed games tatum has missed games if kemba sometimes has to be thrust as like the number two option especially with smart out and kemba like the lakers game man he missed a like Mm. 10 footer and it's just like that and that's that was the game and some some games he gets hot and that's great you love to see it but the problem is he just has a tendency to get cold at just the worst possible moment. And, uh, and that's not something you want, especially for an undersized guard who then kind of is a defensive liability on the other end, especially in playoff, you know, series. So we'll see. I I
1: will say this devil's Kemba? Right. I don't feel like we've seen a hundred percent Kemba in green yet. Like when it mattered. So, um, you know, a nice break for the all-star game, I think would probably do him really well. And I would love to see him become as potent as he used to be in the green. But I also feel like some of his potency was because he had to be the dude. And so if he's not forcing it anymore, then maybe that he just needs a second to change his game. You know, like maybe this is just a transition moment for him too, where he has to relearn, you know, like I'm getting old i am playing with dudes that are better than me um last year was super weird you know gordon's gone and now we don't have a center like everything's super strange but none of it will matter if he's not healthy like if he can't be for at least parts of games Kemba, Kemba, then you guys will go nowhere
0: yeah um speaking of breaks natty nice fucking job. Thank you. We're going to take a quick ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Please do it later. Let's drink a spicy
1: margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie. Critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May third. Rated PG thirteen.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot.
0: some favorite waiver wire ads uh to start natty uh my top waiver ad waiver wire ad this week i wrote about him on the uh on my fantasy football fantasy basketball excuse me my goodness fantasy basketball forecaster i know you can find it every week on mondays at fate yes plugging the website here so you can go actually read things (laughs) the lone survivor in portland gary trent jr last man standing last man standing and you love the last man standing in the month of february he is averaging 18.4 points 3.6 rebounds 2.4 assists one stock in 35 minutes uh 41 percent roster in espn you have to he is getting so much usage because portland has yeah. absolutely no one alive on their roster and <laughs> jesus it's rough it's rough we've talked about it in shows before and uh, even if it's for a little blip, even if it's, you know, before players start getting healthy or before it, maybe his time gets cut, whatever it is, ride the Gary Trent Jr. train while you can uh, and and yeah. add him and and let the scoring, let his scoring output be uh, beneficial to you. There's, no, I mean, they have to play him. They have yeah. to. So minutes
1: are water they make everything else grow it's not like he's a good player in a bad team because portland is a good team they just aren't a team right now they barely have everything together uh so yeah he's got some of the safest shots in the league
0: i think right now definitely definitely uh who's a top waiver ad for you this week well i have i, I was looking at several dudes this week but
1: several I know. Be, well, first of all, go get TJ. Obviously, Hamadou Diallo, Josh Hart has been volcano recently. Josh Hart absolutely has exploded magma. out of nowhere to suddenly all just these become... fucking boards from a guard. It's great. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Joe Ingles is heating up, but I'm gonna go with Mr. Patrick Williams, the Chicago Bulls rookie who's been quiet. Like no one's yep. really talked about him too much. He's 18% rostered on ESPN. In February, he's averaging 12 points per game, 32 minutes per game, six rebounds, and assist. Uh, his three has been slumping. He's under 30% in February, but it should positively regress because he's 39.6 from three for the season. This is another dude who's getting minutes. The Bulls, ugh, like, I don't even know what to say. Like, the other night, they... So the other night, the dentist and Kobe White... shot a franchise right which had never happened before so they hit 25 threes in one game it had never happened that (laughs) teammates in nba history in history both made eight three pointers in the same game they also tied the nba record for the most three pointers by a starting backcourt it's just amazing that this team can't ever be all the way good at the same time, you know, the finishers out and Wendell Carter. you know, like now Denzel Valentine Wendell. is good, but Otto yeah. Porter is just guard. <laughs> like there's, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but Patrick Williams seems like he's legit. He seems mm. like just a guy that radiates solidity, you know, like I feel like he looks like a guy who's just going to be good for a really, really, really long time. Maybe have some all-stars, maybe even be better than that. But, he's like if i'm a bulls fan i'm just so relieved that he's not either shit <laughs> or you know manic depressive or just up and down you
0: know it's like oh right. he's
1: one of you're these like dudes. oh he's okay a, he we is got a it
0: solid so he will have a solid nba career and you're like i will take that because kobe white like he'll
1: dish these dimes and you know make eight threes but then you're like are you, are you actually a, are you good starter? Yeah. Do we like, know where you, you are, are right you now? A six man or, but he's super young Levine. I, I mean, either can get him out of there or can I tell you the
0: best trade that it. I saw on the internet. Do it. It, it was, it was the Celtics giving up a mixture of Kemba Tice, Robert Williams, uh, um, uh, Jeremy Langford and <laughs> one or two other players and then some picks And it was a three team trade and the Celtics for all that going to two different teams, Celtics get back Vooch and and Zach Levine. And I was like, sign me the fuck up. Sure. Let's throw Anthony Davis in there too. Yeah. Let's, let's just, let's do this. I've heard, I think, I think, uh, you know, what Grant Williams for AD. That seems pretty fair. Straight (laughs) up. Seems like a fair trade to me. That's the thing is that there's,
1: something to be said for consistency. And so if you shake it up every year, you better have someone like LeBron James who can steady the boat, no matter who's there. Right. So, you know, the Celtics have had such a schizo last four years. It's really time kind of tough to gauge how good a team they actually are from franchise, you know, down through the roster because Tatum and Brown are so good. and Everyone loves Marcus smart.
0: But it's no, like I, those three things, everything else has been weird um, since we're on the bulls. And before we go on, I before we go on to my next waiver wire ad, I just want to quickly say that I have to give like major props to Zach Levine's career trajectory he's because five years old, this man, this man came into the league as like, everyone was just like hyper athletic profile. Can't shoot the ball. He's only going to score via dunking, right? Minnesota Timberwolves, by the way. Exactly. Exactly two three-point attempts per game his rookie year, shot 34%. Like, okay, sure, good for you. And every year that is steadily increased. And this year he is shooting 8.3 attempts per game, 42%. Like this man has somehow turned himself into this like elite sniper from outside while still having some of the best athleticism in the league on the court. Like the man is just – can jump out of a building – 28 points per game so far this season. I feel like he is just, he is his transformance. And maybe it's just because I haven't been paying attention, but this like becoming this just hyper elite three-point shooter seemingly has come out of nowhere and has seemingly been underappreciated on a national stage because he's on the Bulls and the Bulls are just like, don't know what the fuck they are. But I wanted to give, since we were on the topic of the Bulls, I had to give Zach Levine some love for turning himself into this just like elite three-point shooter seemingly out of nowhere
1: this is all happening while he has genius jim boylan as a coach
0: right while he
1: you know like there's all this other fucking dumbass bullshit going going on on around him yeah gar packs just fucking the whole town i mean there's there's every single reason in the world if you're a bulls fan to absolutely love
0: Yes, Zach Levine because he's gotten better every year and he's withstood all this fucking shit. Oh, and he has that. He has 100% the clay tops and chill. I get high all the time vibes. Like he just seems like the chillest fucking bro too, which he also seems
1: you- like a guy that would uh, easily play with other, play- you know, he like, he's seen yes. so many different players and he's just had to do what he's
0: had to do. So it seems right. like, like if you pair him with meld like- well. Yeah, okay. if he became if he became like a number two or even a number three, but it was like a championship. Like I don't see him. Dude. I don't think he would like relinquish the spotlight uh, ungracefully. Like him and Luca would be uh, dynamite. Uh, um, it, but yeah. him with a lot of people would be sensational. So many people. Him with so, uh, Vucevic and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, all, without having to give up any of our other important players, seems perfect. Dude, like I don't know why we don't make John- that trade shit oh god that would, how yeah. would you stop the athletic athleticism in that backcourt it would be just ridiculous right. they just
1: run people and i also feel like you know he's only 25 Zachary. that's also just utterly <laughs> absurd he's just been around stupid forever he's, he's shooting 42 percent with so much bs yeah. i feel really bad for him um the bulls are a joke right now like that franchise has been driven into the ground they're i mean what are they right now? They are ten and fourteen. yeah, which you do? Yeah,
0: they're worse than the Knicks. <laughs> Fuck the Knicks, by the way.
1: um so, oh, but you had
0: to love that. They traded for no apparent reason to get Derrick Rose. Dude, I'm so goddamn upset the Pistons did what? that. What? I am that so trendy? upset they did that.
1: First of that? all, Keep Derek Rose if the best you're getting is DSJ (laughs) and a fucking second round pick. All these people were like, oh, but it could be a high second round pick. You can eat my ass. Like, what are you talking about? Keep D Rose because someone's going to need a point guard who can score in one, two, three months. Yeah. Yeah. Right around. Like, give me a fucking break. That is such a tremendously (laughs) awful trade. I mean, good for the Knicks. Good for Tibbs getting his boy. Um, I don't know Mm. what it means. the rest of the team it makes no sense it was the pistons are fucking really pissing me off what a stupid thing to do what do you give a shit about if it had been frank nilakina i would have been fine like let's
0: let's just take a defensive guard for the first part of the podcast where you just dude fair enough like stick that knife
1: not in my back put it in my (laughs) eyeballs because i don't want to dennis smith jr What are you talking about? Get real, Detroit. That hurts so bad.
0: So, Um, so bad. (laughs) Back to the waiver wire. Uh, A veteran to go add off the waiver wire, Nicholas Batum has been starting for the Clippers, been playing well for the Clippers, and in the month of February has been giving you some really good stat lines. 11.4 points, 5.6 rebounds, 1.6 assists, 1.6 steals. Do you know who's averaging that on this season? If you take that, if that's what, you know, your whole season average, uh, Jokic, the honeypot, Kawhi, Mm -hmm. Jimmy Buckets, Drummond, DeJonta Murray, OG, and uh, bigger Lonzo Ball, Ben Simmons. So you're getting top production, and he's doing that for this month so far, and reliable starting minutes. He started every game with the Clippers, averaging 30 minutes per game, 50% rostered in ESPN. He's a guy who I just actually added on one of my fantasy leagues and just, you know, someone who I can plug in reliably. I know I'm going to get good stats from them. I'm going to get, you know, double digit points, maybe uh six to seven boards, plug them in. No problem. Plus some defense.
1: That sounds great. I don't like the Clippers right now. I don't really like anyone on their team except for Kawhi. I am, I mean, they're good, but sort of by default, I, I really just don't believe in them at all. Um, Also, if Ben Simmons was a bigger Lonzo, then Philadelphia would there would be no drama. They'd love it.
0: It'd be like, oh yeah, well sometimes he shoots thirty seven percent from outside. Like it's fine. So we've gotten to the point where Lonzo Ball better than Ben Simmons. We should be describing if he six ten, sure, as a shittier a shittier Lonzo Ball.
1: Dude, we the past couple of pods I we like thought, we've gone back and forth. I on like Simmons, it. and the fact remains that if you want to have. Any kind of chance against the Lakers, you have to be able to substantively guard
0: their two best dudes. If you can't
1: do that, then why do you think that you have a
0: chance? Yeah, I mean Ben Simmons gives you a chance. I'm not denying that, but it's also nice when your franchise player can score. Like, let me ask you this: If Toronto was like, here's Lowry for
1: Simmons, would Lowry make? Philadelphia a a more potent oh playoff his threat. His
0: chunky ass could shut LeBron down,
1: oh, and you know it, Pierre. And Jesus, you come on, know it. <laughs> lebron's six nine, like let's, you. Let's call him, I love Kyle Lowry too, but he's not Marcus Smart out there,
0: like guarding Embiid, pushing no, Embiid to the floor. God damn it, God damn it. That's that picture is the greatest photo ever taken in NBA it's history. Sensational. It's oh yeah, so good. It, absolutely, positively the best. Uh, do you have any other waiver wire targets for people? Uh, I do. I'm going,
1: it's my stud for the week as well. I'm Ooh, going to suggest that people you. pick up Jay Sean Tate. I, I can segue too. All right, look, you How are you? you
0: are killing
1: it. I appreciate that. I'm blushing now. Stop it. <laughs> anyway, Jay Sean Tate is 11% rostered. Uh, last week, he averaged 12 plus points per game, five plus boards, an assist and a half um he's a good team defender you know like they play him sort of because they need to but also because he's been a pleasant surprise him and daniel house sort of seem like they're kind of in a timeshare but you know they're both getting minutes and jay Sean is and houston are playing washington philadelphia dallas and the pacers so you know anytime the wizards are on your schedule yeah. You are probably great. going to do well. Dallas Ditto. And then Philly and Indiana. I you know, like he's not going to be the focus of the offense, Tate. So maybe he gets some buckets because he's not being defended as hard as the stars on the team. Um, he's just seems like another smart, good player with a fun story. And uh Houston has been sensational on defense in yeah the year of our lord 2021 he's part of that he's a good team defender i've liked him a lot
0: yeah uh he started the last 12 games for the rockets 9.3 points 5.5 boards it gives you an assist gives you what 1.6 stocks on 27 minutes that's not bad i like those numbers um all right well natty did the transition for me but we still have to do the written trans- you can do one too transition. if you want well i'm gonna you have do to do one I'm going to have to do a transition. (laughs) Uh, It is time for studs and duds in which both Natty and I pick one player who we think will perform above average in fantasy this coming week and one who will underperform. Natty is two for two, batting 500 right now. DeJounte Murray letting you down this week, despite the fact that he had an absurd eight steal game. I don't. That was that was ridiculous. Like you can take all the rest of the wins for the rest of the season. He's so fucking good that was that was insane That that performance i was i was scrolling through his fantasy output history and i was like good effing lord how did where did this score come from because he scored like i don't know like 15 points during that game as well and i was like there's no way and i was like oh yeah eight steals that would do it dude when he opens up his arms it's like a (laughs) pterodactyl spreading its wings it's enormous
1: he has two elbows in each arm that's how big his (laughs) fucking arms are it's nuts uh he, he looks f- like the next spurs star by the way yeah. like if he yeah. if he keeps ascending he's what 23 24 then everyone needs to watch him. oh
0: that's that step back three he had uh against was it the clippers that I'm he shut sure. them down i don't know he had a he had a, a, a dagger three this week anyways i get my first loss of the season at three and one thanks to tyler hero being just better than the season averages uh last week so damn you tyler natty's stud for this week is deshaun tate my stud for this week podcast favorite slow-mo kyle anderson who he had a game he should have a six threes was that Mm, you love to see that my fantasy team loves to see it too uh sunday they play the kings pelicans on tuesday and on wednesday they play the thunder all of those guys are very nice matchups for your boy slow-mo kyle anderson so i like absolutely like him to have a very good week in fantasy and a DV- DFS. DFS. Uh, Natty, who's your dud for the week.
1: I would also just like to say regarding slow-mo. Yes. Three J is coming back. Eventually. I don't know if he'll, if his minutes will eat into Kyle Anderson's, but just like we said at the top of the podcast, like ride this wave while you can. Yes. He yep. looks great um it's so much fun
0: watching him because it's so weird
1: and then he'll do something like six threes in a game it's
0: it's fantastic he really is i watched him recently and i was like wow i really understand the slow-mo nickname because he just does run in molasses but it's effective and he'll like dribble
1: down a little bit you know like he'll hunch over slightly and you're like you look like an old man with your what's going on here where's your cane it's crazy
0: Uh, who's your uh who's your dud I hate saying this. Yep. Say it. Do it. It's Kyle Lowry. Oh, is it because they're playing the Celtics right now? And Kyle Lowry currently has uh, six points. It's because they
1: are playing the bucks twice on the road in the coming weeks. Then the team wolves also on the road, but who cares? And then Philadelphia at home and home is Tampa for Toronto this year. So that's that's tough. That's fucking tough. He might have a good game against, minnesota maybe they'll rest him though um but you know going up against drew holiday and going up against ben simmons who sucks is is going to be tough sledding for kyle i think he will still have good games but he'll be underneath his
0: season averages that's that's fair um i also just want to quickly say after i spent a little bit of time on this show being worried about kemba currently uh eight points in eight minutes shooting 50 from the field dude so. one of his feet is going to fall off because you said that though i know you can't jinx that shit i i'm doing a terrible job at everything dude but good kemba is is dynamite. good kemba is so great fun. i love great. good kemba yeah, yeah, yeah. i just want good kemba to be consistent kemba uh my dud for the week is boyan bagdanovich the mm. jazz the jazz play killer Killer lineup this week. They play the Heat Saturday, Sixers on Monday, and then the Clippers on Wednesday. That is a brutal stretch of three games coming up for the Jazz. And I couldn't be like Donovan Mitchell or (laughs) Rudy Gobert. I just think that none of like Rudy Gobert could be a tough one because you do get Bam, you get Joel, and you get Serge slash um whatever the other. Oh, god damn it, what's his name? Zubats. Zubats. So uh, maybe that's not a bad one. But anyways, I went with Boyan just thinking that sure. he's going to uh, have a tough time going up against plenty of other guys on those teams. So there you go. And uh, everyone's going to play the Jazz hard because right. they're, they're on the best such a fucking hot streak. Jesus, man. Watching, that was a close game. And then Donovan Mitchell just decided mm, not going to lose tonight. And it hits three threes in a row. He's fucking I love good at him. basketball. Yeah, he is really so good awesome. at basketball. He's
1: just so cool i love yeah. him and jamal murray so much i really yeah. want them to do well this year mm.
0: finally let us wrap up with one thing we're looking forward to this coming week and i am going to actually hijack this segment natty to oh. get your uh fantasy advice i am oh my I'm god gonna, i know i'm gonna i've been I'm waiting keep early... oh my god <laughs> i'm in a keeper league and person this person is at the bottom of our keeper league and i am dealing with some injuries some players who are out uh and i'm looking to do a rather drastic shakeup on things and so this person has uh some people who are already out and they're just bottom of the league and so i was thinking okay maybe i give them some players who are out uh for extended period of time or for the whole season as like, uh, you can, you know, you're looking ahead to next year. lets you rebuild. So I want you to, I want your honest opinion. I am, they have Damian Lillard. I am trying to trade for Damian Lillard, drew holiday, Karis Levert, and maybe John Collins. Does that seem fair? Without being able
1: to see the rosters. I do think that's fair. Okay. i mean dame if you're going to be trading for a guy who can be top 10 in fantasy then you have to be able to provide like three dudes who will be top 30 you right. know something like that like you can't just unless you're giving them three rookies and picks and all the rest sure. of sure if but if you're trading real like drew holiday real player 100 um, so and carousel vert is absolutely a real player as well and he would be playing except they found uh some cancer and so obviously ten your health and he'll be right. back next year and he'll be fucking fire he'll be great exactly too.
0: exactly and if you're already shit in the league this year just yeah. like you want to look ahead to next year carisle Levert just sits on your bench doesn't do you any harm in fact gets you a better draft spot and then uh and then he'll be on your team next year and then yeah then i was adding john collins as like a uh you know get you some boards as well Dude, he's been playing be- I he's mean, been great.
1: All three of those guys, John Collins and LeVert are both young. Drew yep. is what, 30, 31, 32? 32 I think. But in his prime, well, we were yeah. just saying, like, you know, he could have, you know, at least 3 or 4 more solid years and Dame is one of those players where it's like you can't trade him. You know, there's just no reason to unless you're willing to turn your team over. And when you're having a down year like this, and when there doesn't seem to be a lot of hope on the horizon, that's when you have to throw in your chip be like, okay, yep. yep, Here's my best dude. Just give me some young stuff back and some good players. Maybe it, you know, creates a domino effect. So yeah, I like that. I, I mean, if, if it was me, I would still try to needle you for something else.
0: Totally. That seems fair the, to me yeah the key is the key is is you never you want to propose the first trade you propose want to be a you want it to be at least in the ballpark enough that the person's just like no that's insulting and that's all i was registering yeah for. right you don't want to be like hey do you want kira lewis straight up <laughs> hey I, deshaun deshaun tate has been really good him for luca who says no
1: <laughs> luca man they really I don't know what's going on with the Mavericks, whatever. That's for another podcast.
0: Yeah. Peyton Pritchard, eight points on five minutes. Uh, What are you looking forward to this week? (laughs) (laughs) Number one in the draft, if you redid it right now. Yeah, baby!
1: I'm looking forward to watching, hopefully, some more Isaiah Stewart for the Pistons, because Ja Okafor is out for six to eight weeks. Who cares? Um, There's a reason to believe that the Minnesota Timberwolves aren't completely dead and now cats mm. back. So they're six and 19. I know this sounds crazy, but the Memphis Grizzlies who are in the tenth seed right now are 10 and 10. That's four games. You can make that up if you have two good weeks. So cat is such a star on offense. It seemed like COVID really got him bad, which yeah. is just piling on. God, um, he's just had the
0: worst yeah, fucking
1: dude. year. It's absolutely atrocious. That guy, yeah. which is why I want to send him some love and be like, "Yo, if they go on a five-game win streak and Big Cat's back, yep. why the fuck not? Can't like, you know, that team's supposed to be better than OKC. They're supposed to be better than the Rockets right now after after the Harden trade. It's a team that has traded for and drafted talent and." I mean Malik Beasley is a felon and Josh Akogi isn't doing very well and maybe the coach sucks but fuck all of that big cat can do what big cat does so I am hey. hoping that he's you know I, I don't expect him to be healthy healthy but if if you could see him play and he doesn't look like stricken that I would be super excited about
0: that I totally agree. And I also totally support your notion of giving big cat some love because he has been through an absolutely garbage year, a year that I can't even fathom handling uh, and, and is still playing basketball. So I give all my love to Carl Anthony for sure. Amen. With that, we are done. Make sure to subscribe to the Fate Teams Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That is how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy football podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Podcast. Natty, until next week, stay safe, my friend. You do the same, everybody. Ditto. Ditto.